Welcome to the Better Half series and we are still discussing relationship stressors and you know again I have my better half with me, uh, Bola is here and it's always a pleasure to have her with me on the series. We're going to continue our discussion on relationship stressors and we're going to be looking at intimacy, yeah, the lack of it, the mismanagement of it, the too much of it mm -hmm. and how it can become a stressor. Remember that anything that can uh, be a catalyst in a relationship, anything that can move your relationship to the next level also can become something that can be a stressor which will inevitably hinder the growth of your relationship or uh, just reduce the strength of your relationship. So but what we're looking at is how do you turn a stressor into a catalyst? But before we get into all that, uh, maybe it's a good place to even define what intimacy is because I am guessing that my view of intimacy can be different from the next person's. And unless we even first in a line on what intimacy is, you know, we just may not even be at the place where we can even begin to prefer any kind of solutions. So what is intimacy? I mean, what does it even mean, intimacy in the context of a relationship or a marriage? I think it's the level of connection between two people, uh, knowing that collect connection happens at different levels. So from emotional connection to, uh, you know, intellectual connection to spiritual connection. You know the truth, I've been trying to find a definition. I think intimacy is one of those words that we use all the time, but we never really sit down to properly define and conceptualize. Mm -hmm. We all have an idea of what we think intimacy really means, but until you sit down to say what exactly are the parameters so are you saying of that all these things I've said? No, it's, I, I think it's very, it's very much included in what yeah, so you need to follow for acknowledge Okay, that. acknowledge yeah. that you've not been misfiring. Okay. <laughs> um, but I think it's good to even just um, stop and ask, what does intimacy mean for me? Are there any pictures either from my history, from my background, that kind of just set the context for me and, you know, either set the limit on my desire for intimacy or even maybe the absence of a desire for intimacy, for example. You know, I grew up in a, in a, in a very small um, nuclear family, yeah. which is a little different from your experience. You mm -hmm. um, came from a polygamous background. But it's interesting that you would think that when we got married, I would be the person who was all like, you know, let's, let's you know, um, start off this marriage in like, you know, extreme intimacy. You know, I remember one conversation we had, for example, when we were looking for a house to start with, and I just assumed that we'd have separate bedrooms. I mean, for me now, 20 years after, I'm shocked at how I just assumed, because that really was what I knew growing up. My father had his bedroom, my mother had her bedroom, you know, and I just assumed that's how every single family, you know, kind of ran things. You know, and imagine him coming at me like, what do you mean? Of course we're not going to have separate bedrooms. It's going to be one bedroom. For me, it was like, okay, <laughs> you know, let's even yeah. start from yeah, so there. That, 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 Coming from that, that two says, different backgrounds. Yeah, that says that uh, the way we define intimacy yeah. um, is affected a lot by our background. What we have been used to, what we've seen with our parents or the people who brought us up, mm -hmm. or what was pervasive mm -hmm. 
in our environment where we grew up, mm -hmm. you know, and we need to be careful about that because mm -hmm. what works for other people may not work for us. Yeah. So each person needs to look at what intimacy should be like for them. Exactly, yeah. and of course, what the example I've cited is just one thing. That's just physical intimacy. Intimacy, like you were saying earlier, mm -hmm. goes far deeper than just on a physical level. You talked about um, spiritual intimacy. There was yeah. financial intimacy, and all these other dimensions. Yeah. So, if we even agree that they're like different facets to intimacy, maybe just boiling it down to okay intimacy as a concept what is it if you if you even try to you know x-ray it and put it under a microscope what is intimacy simple definition for so for, for me simple definition of intimacy is connection the feeling of connectedness what in uh you know christian scripture terms is is was regarded as naked and not ashamed or two becoming one mm -hmm. a sense of oneness okay. yeah is what brings us to that point of intimacy a sense of oneness that you and I are one yeah I love it because it's then I think helping someone who is watching this redefine what they thought was intimacy because for somebody watching they may think intimacy of course just means sex but intimacy is far deeper, much further. So let me than help that person. Let me help that person a little more. Sex is the icing on the cake. It's not the cake when you say intimacy. Mm -hmm. Intimacy is beyond sex. Mm -hmm. But uh, the highest level of emotional connection, emotional, not just the emotional part of it, between two people happens in sexual intercourse. Yeah where but at the same time when the foundation of intimacy has not been laid even sex becomes a physiological exercise not an emotional it may exercise not even be so it, it may not bring the connection that, that is needed because mm -hmm. i mean people have one night stands people go to the brothel and and sleep with commercial sex workers and they don't feel connected with them they just want to it's unleash a transaction. yeah it's a transaction they just want to unleash a particular sexual emotion mm -hmm. and just get it over with and go okay so boiling it down you're saying intimacy is nakedness two becoming one we're together just feeling like we're connected about something yeah um not exactly <laughs> okay. so i was explain it no, <laughs> back no, no. to primary one <laughs> no, no no it's it's because of the way you said it is okay. nakedness no 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 okay intimacy starts with the quest to fulfill my need for connectedness with another human being and to have that in a safe and secure framework where I'm not just exposing myself emotionally or otherwise to just a random stranger. I want to feel very connected. I want to feel loved. I want to feel secured with this person and I want to feel a sense of support. All that put together is what builds up to real tangible intimacy where I can say somebody has my back, uh, we align on certain important issues of life. That's when we gain financial intimacy. Because when there's no financial intimacy, there's a threat on emotional intimacy. Yeah, because my mind is running elter-skelter thinking, um, oh, uh, 
this this person is going to steal my money or this person is going to finish our money or you know so and I'm struggling to be wholeheartedly with that person and those are all the foundation for intimacy, for intimacy. real intimacy is when uh, I don't have any fear at all because truly we all you. really want to feel connected yeah I mean in a marriage relationship which really is our context today I mean it's even more so but even in our friendships we do want to feel like you know my friend gets me siblings your parents we all really have an innate desire for connectedness for connection which is why when intimacy is absent in a marriage you know it can put a lot of pressure you know on peace in the marriage in the relationship and then it what should have been you know something that helps us move together in the same direction then becomes something that literally you know tears us in different directions so i just wonder really for some families for some couples who maybe have lost intimacy you know have just managed to reduce their entire relationship to transactions how are the children it's time to pay school fees you know and you know it's um, i need to pay for this you know transactions really nothing really deep and intimate is going on beneath the surface how would you speak to someone like that who is like pastor help me right now intimacy in my marriage is zero this is you know it has turned our marriage into a ghost town how do well, we navigate from this place well i think it's it's important to start to deal with that from the point of view of what even causes lack of intimacy mm -hmm. yeah yeah because you're saying if people have experienced lack of intimacy how can they start to repair how do they get but, it back but how do they get there because if we can talk about how you got there it's possible we may be able to help you retrace your steps back you know so lack of intimacy happens when we have become very transactional like you said mm -hmm. and it simply means that we're no longer investing in things that aid intimacy. Investing, yeah. what do you mean? Investing is intentionally contributing something to build up something. So you are intentionally, you and I are intentionally contributing, you know, something or doing something that will aid our connectedness. Okay. So if two people are in the house or within the same space and in the name of me time, I want to do me, I want to do my own stuff, but not talking. How are we contributing to intimacy knowing that the oxygen of every relationship is communication? Yeah, and communication leads to stronger intimacy because it's when we communicate that I get to know you. Yeah, and intimacy part of intimacy is gaining knowledge of the other person. So I can know how to love you the way you want to be loved, how to anticipate your needs so that I can meet them. So I'm going to just pick out a few things you said. You've talked about communication. You've talked about investing, yeah. in which case it's going to cost you. It doesn't just happen because you want it to happen. You have to intentionally put something down, yeah. you know, to make it happen. Yeah, and you know, uh, um, it's important to understand, like, whoever you know, discussed uh, some time ago about the fact that the world is configured in such a way not necessarily to hate intimacy. Yeah. Because when you leave something to itself, it drifts. Yeah. 
there are forces, there are winds and waves, business and yeah. all kinds of things, you know, that that just come to hit, finish. Yeah. That that just come to just beat you out of intimacy yeah. and push you in different you know, somebody just got a job. Somebody is uh, has to prove themselves on a new position. Yes. Somebody is taking care of children. Mm -hmm. Somebody um, you know, just started a new business and the business has to get more attention and everything right now is about the business. How does that impact on building intimacy in your relationship? Well, you know the thing I realized though, I mean, even though you're saying now that, um, you know, it doesn't happen automatically, you need to be intentional. I've seen from our example, for example, I mean, of course, you can't have this, you, you can't really do this subject justice without really talking about temperament and personalities. And certainly our personalities play out because, for example, for us, you're usually the one who is always on our case about, you know, we've not had that connection, right? Um, but I just wanted to kind of underline the fact that um, it's important to understand that what intimacy, um, you know, what, what, how I internalize the aspect of intimacy, you know, are completely different from the way you internalize it but it doesn't take away from the fact that we all still basically want to be intimate and connected with each other you know on some level yeah and so insisting that we're going to fight the drift we're going to fight the tendency to just go with the flow and just let things be anyhow yeah and cooperating with, cooperating each, other with each other to be able to get that done because when someone says a partner says oh we're not talking as much or we're not doing anything fun together or this is not happening that is not happening or even we're not creating time for sexual intimacy you know uh, because sometimes it may be the man or the woman that will confront and say look we're not creating time for sexual intimacy when was even the last time we were been together and all and somebody says what do you mean is this sexual intimacy we are supposed to be talking about now when you know that my creditors are all over me yeah so when by the time you are able to pay your creditors you may have a marriage that is emotionally bankrupt yeah yeah meanwhile <laughs> we could have used that same matter to build intimacy the fact that there's a challenge to our relationship right now doesn't mean we cannot use it to build intimacy and i think that's really where we've certainly learned through the years to kind of be better at it and i know that some couples some relationships are maybe in the space where they're really crying out for help those things that seem to be militating against your intimacy could actually be factors that you can use, insist that, look, when there's a challenge to your business, tell me about it. Maybe that's how we want to hold hands together and pray about it and confront it together. And rather than trying to hide it away from each other and try to shoulder it and chest it alone, we use the opportunity of that challenge to actually build the intimacy. So the problem isn't that we lack intimacy, it's we're refusing to recognize our cues to actually dig in. So what you're saying is that um, um, bad situations, um, afflictions, or whatever we want to call them, can actually be uh, used, turned around, repurposed. repurposed to build connectedness and togetherness. If when we use it the right way. If you yeah. use it the right way, when we solve problems together, rather than solving our problems alone, it engenders a level of connection uh, that can be that can lead to stronger intimacy than when we choose to just solve our problems alone. Sometimes some people just write their partners off 
I'm going to solve this problem on my own. Yes, but how can they yeah. even contribute to this matter? Yes. And you're just cutting yourself off yes. from the opportunity to let someone carry the burden with you. Yes, so um, sharing our burdens, carrying the burdens together, means that we're on a journey together. And when we have victories and wins, we celebrate it together. It binds us more together. And we just realize that we are becoming stronger in friendship, stronger you know, in, in, in companionship. And all this will add into how intimate we become, emotionally, psychologically, you know, uh, uh, financially, and eventually also uh, uh, physically and sexually. Yeah. You know, because um, it's so easy for couples to detach and, uh, uh, in the world that we live in today. And then the issue of uh, um, connectedness and intimacy becomes a major stressor. And you just see people just saying something like, we no longer love each other. Mm. Or we drifted so apart that we don't think this relationship can continue. Because yeah. many people, when you ask, why do you want a divorce? Or why do you want, you guys just, you, you, you know, the, some people want divorce not because they're fighting mm -hmm. or physical violence or anything. Mm -hmm. They're still very civil with each other and all. Mm -hmm. They just say we're completely disconnected mm -hmm. and we don't think, I don't think I love him again. I don't think I love her again. Uh, but what most people don't understand mm -hmm. is that nothing becomes the end product that you want without passing it through, uh, you know, certain process. Okay. Like like uh, a factory line. Yeah. You put a by I mean a raw material. Okay. Then so you let get me a play angels advocate, end, right? Yeah, because you know. you're on this topic, let me play angels advocate for that couple that says, for example, that look for every suggestion I put on the table as my options for building intimacy. My spouse always has a pushback. It looks like I'm the only one who wants intimacy in this relationship. My spouse is completely disinterested. And when I call them, you know, when I, when I call them out about it, I mean, their response is very typical. Of course, we're fine. There's nothing wrong with us. Am I the only one saying that there's a problem? How do you speak to someone like that? How do you help them deal with this stressor? Because it seems like only one person is carrying distress on their head and the other person feels like everything is okay. Okay, what I'll say is, is um, you know, you need to understand your spouse. Marriage is not about one person. It's not about one person having fun and the other person feeling like the weight of the whole world is on him or her. It's about working together. So um, my suggestion is try to understand the personality type of your partner a little better. Uh, their love language and a few other things. But much more than that, understand their context. Where is this person right now? Yeah. Because when I feel isolated in my context, it's difficult to push myself to engage with you intimately. Yeah. Women sometimes will feel isolated in their context when they're taking care of children, especially uh, a nursing mother, for instance. There's just so much a man can do to support a nursing mother. There are many physical things that a man can do, but a man cannot breastfeed the baby. And if you're that, but a man can bat the baby. It makes the other woman feel you're coming she into did. this, this context like of parenting and mothering. Yeah. yeah. So when you come into that context, I feel we're in it together. It brings a huge certain level of emotional connection that makes me feel intimate with you. But if that context is left to me, and then you make statements like, 
what, what are you even doing, Seth? You haven't, you've been on maternity leave or you have not been working and, you know, uh, I've gone all day to go and sleep myself and I come back now, you say I should, I should carry a baby. Why should I carry a baby? I want to go and sleep. So I feel abandoned in my context. You feel abandoned in your own context. How do we achieve togetherness in that? I need to come into your context. You come into my context. I understand, you know, the rigor that you have at work. I've been at home. There's also rigor in taking care of the baby and keeping the house in order. So when we both come into each other's context, it helps, you know, to be able to feel that connection. Yeah, and that's certainly better. a great tip for rebuilding intimacy if you've lost it, you know. Really rich conversations, and I'm not sure we can exhaust every single thing, but I really hope that this has been helpful for you if you're navigating that area of intimacy in your relationship or marriage. So if intimacy has been a stressor in your relationship, uh, please pay attention to uh, more communication, like we said, so that you can understand each other better. Also, try to get into your, your partner's context, whether it's their background, uh, current context, in terms of their work life, their business life, got into their context in terms of their spirituality and try to, to appreciate what, what their spiritual aspirations are. Uh, because the more you get into other people's context, the more connected you are and the kind of uh, conversation that will ensue will be the one that will warm your way into their heart and open you know, them up to wanting to go the extra mile with you and uh, keeping up alive that even when it looks like everything is now dry and hard, uh, we can soften it, we can, we, can get we can get better, we can walk through it, and we can focus not just only on sexual intimacy, but also on the other parts of intimacy and companionship that really prepares us to anticipate lovemaking, especially in a marriage relationship, uh, so that we can continue to enjoy the icing on the cake and, uh, and move the relationship forward in a way that will be mutually benefiting and will have a promise of a better and a more enriching future together, not just for us, but for our children, if you have our children. So uh, thank you for hanging out with us uh, on this series, uh, the Better Half series, and we have discussed intimacy as uh, a stressor uh, in relationships, especially a marital relationship. Uh, please make sure that you uh, share the link with a friend, get somebody to listen to this, discuss it with a friend, discuss it within your uh, group of friends and uh, build conversation around this that can open you up to, to be able to personalize this discussion to your own relationship. Listen to this with your spouse. Perhaps it may just give you perspectives with which you can resolve your own issues. Babe, thank you for joining me today. And um, until we come your way again on the Better House series, uh, keep love alive and know that it can always get better. Thank you. Thank you.